0: (laughs) Welcome to ASP Stuff Radio, the quirky internet radio show where a trio of ephemeral minds gather once a year to give thanks and talk about random stuff like time travel, cats metaphysically morphing into birds, farting in outer space, giants baseball and giant baseballs, turkey inseminators, and what dreams are made of. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, nearly one week away from thanksgiving i'm your host with the least most Albarado. joining me this evening are my two former turkey inseminators from turkey Bader farms incorporated steve ocrates and Leto. guys welcome how are you doing
1: we are good it's yeah. been a, over a year in a
0: long time hp stuff radio has been on hiatus very long time over a year since june or july of 2021
1: we've been working hard at uh, turkey basters incorporated
0: (laughs) working hard inseminating those turkeys yeah
1: but but we we quit we can't handle that stress anymore yeah
0: no it's unethical (laughs) so what have we been up to this whole time yeah, long long hiatus. Yeah, was there some uh, side projects going on? <laughs> uh well, I there was a pandemic. Did we do a show during the pandemic? Yeah, we were doing. We did. We were doing show controversial shows during we the did pandemic. A, we did a few. Okay, I think we did a few. I have to revisit those recent episodes, those past episodes. Yeah, the oh. the last one we did was talking about the uh, on their way to be a hundred seven win Giants team. Oh yeah, But ultimately right. lost in the playoffs to the Dodgers. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And then <laughs> I was working on a feature film, my first feature film that
1: took oh, over, really? over a year. <laughs> Did you now? Hmm, <laughs> is that the topic for today? Hmm, segue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> plug. You need to put yeah. a plug in for it. Yes, I finally completed my film this year. But that's part of the reason why we were on such a long hiatus. I don't know about Steve-Ocrates. What's your excuse for not texting us? We, we already
1: us? went over that. We were working turkey babies. <laughs>
0: Besides <laughs> masturbating turkeys.
1: Masturbate male turkeys.
0: What were you doing? Well, How <laughs> to throw that in there.
1: We, uh, we had a baby, I think. You um, and I mean, that was there.
0: You and I had a baby? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, we we, we <laughs> inseminated... We inseminated oh, uh, a turkey? Well, yeah, I, we had a little obot bot uh, <laughs> oh, about a year ago now, or over a year ago now, mm-hmm. and and then Steve Ocrates is expecting there another little robot. Okay, so... They're we, all robots. The ro- We call them, in ASP Stuff Radio Land, we call them robots, or o hum-
1: Humans are robots, and yeah. robots are humans. Yeah.
0: I don't know how that started, but, but here we <laughs> go, we're going to keep using that. I so have we got an OBOT N-bot. and an NBOT.
1: <laughs> but doesn't Alvarado have an NBOT too? Yeah, I yeah. have an
0: NBOT, so you got to distinguish the my NBOT with Steve Ocrates' NBOT. People, an NOBOT. NoBOT. It would be Noocrates. 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 So, all right, so we got some baby beings being brought into the universe from Paul Just a couple more. Okay, that's a reasonable excuse not to be doing ASP stuff radio once a week.
1: <laughs> once a week. So how often were we doing it?
0: We used to do every week, and or no, every other week. No, we started once a week, then every other wow. week, then every three weeks, then maybe twice a month, then every month, every other month, every three months. Now we're gonna do wow. it every once, year, once, once a, a year every, podcast. No, once, the once internet
1: every seventy weeks.
0: <laughs> the, okay. the internet radio show that you will listen to once a year. Now, do, like should this. our audience expect like a extravagant show mm-hmm. if we're doing one show? Do they expect like this spectacular, fun-packed episode or something just ordinary? You know, well,
1: talking I about I don't think extravagant, but maybe special. Right, we, be special we're reviewing show. a feature film. Yes,
0: right. I think I think Gita and who else was it? Our Indonesian Kuta. listeners really are missing us and expecting a lot. So lots of pressure here. I know, a lot of pressure. You know, this film that I was working on that's finally complete, that took most of my time and one of the reasons why we couldn't do a show was this uh, pretty emotionally intense uh, film that I wrote. It took me about maybe six months to write a film about my two furry neurotic cats, my feline friends, Saul and Harry, that passed away was it 2020 within a span of three or four months uh, Harry passed away in March of 2020 and then Saul in June or no July later that that year and so I was inspired to do a film because I've been wanting to do short films with them when they were alive <coughs> since I did neurotic cats I think it did neurotic cats but I never really had the chance to do films with them and I, I felt really bad so I felt like I should do a film dedicated to them, and of course it revolved around them passing away. I just started writing, and then what originally was supposed to be short films, which you you can see in the monologue, those were the ideas that I had to do short films that I could never do with Saul and Harry, became a feature length, two no three hour film, uh, an epic film, and I just yeah, finished. Yeah, I was it. gonna ask this what, and I don't know if we <coughs> want to talk about it now, but what like what was your what inspired you to structure it the way you did with the you know, the monologue and then kind of the recounting of the events that happened and was you know obviously lots of Woody Allen
2: influence
0: yeah in well the, the monologue thing uh, so that's a good you made a good observation there's a lot of references to Woody Allen because if I'm going to make this film big I'm going to reference Woody Allen because he's one of my yeah. favorite film directors so like he said, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. So there you go. Um, the monologue scene was taken from Annie Hall. Oh. Okay. That inspired me, so I figured I would just start talk to the audience and tell them, <coughs> hey, this is what I'm gonna present. The monologue was supposed to help introduce the various f- short films that I had originally planned to do with Saul and Harry, but I couldn't because obviously they had passed away. That's why I incorporated those two furry feline dolls to complete the whole feature film. Um, but I did use videos and um, photos of Saul and Harry to use that built into the film to reference memories of what occurred with them.
1: Were there were there other short films? Because you said short films. I know you referenced The Paw. Well, there's there Neurotic Cats 2, right?
0: Yeah, so I had done Neurotic Cats 1 in 2001, and for some reason I never got the chance to do Neurotic Cats 2. And that Neurotic Cats too. I wanted to do something about Paul. This was based on... The whole film, there's, it's based on true stories. It's not, there's nothing in the film that was false or... I mean, there was some embellishment, but... <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I wanted to know I, which things were embellished. <laughs> like Paul Edo Paul for example, he did discover poop on the bathroom floor when he was visiting me in Arizona. And we didn't know who. Was it Saul or Harry who did that? So I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I, that's a great Neurotic too. Uh, short film that we could do, and I wanted to have Paul in there, but that just didn't work out. We couldn't. I didn't pan out. So I used that and I incorporated that into the monologue as a. So it's like a film within a film, and I couldn't do the full neurotic cat too. So I did just a little short version of that, or what it's it could kinda, have been. It's
1: kind of like part documentary, I, I guess, because it's all mostly based on fact and reality. And,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Other other yeah. short films was the whiskers the cat whisker collector, because I, it's true, you know, I would always discover these R- Saul and Harry's cat whiskers on the floor or on the bed, on the futon, on the kitchen, and then I would just, I don't, oh, cool, there's a cat whiskers. These are memorabilia of Saul and Harry. I don't want to throw them away. Should I put them in a plastic bag, in a Ziploc bag? I'm like, well, I have these, st- a lot of stuffed dolls that, why so not? So it was I,
1: based on you. You were the person <laughs> who <laughs> yeah, I was a person pluck, would Put it back onto these stuffed dolls, yeah. sharks, and ducks, and yeah, that was you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and did I do. D- no, did I, you? Did you really go after a lion's whiskers? No, see that—that sure. that is the embellishment. So I should clarify that. <laughs> that's not based on truth.
1: And then the yeah. sniffing pause, right? The
0: uh, Nancy, that's for <laughs> real. Nancy, the my weird wife has this. <laughs> Uh I don't it's not an obsession, but she has this thing. She likes the smell of cat paws. She there's something Sounds, about a cat odor that she likes, the smell of cat. Have saw you hairy. tried yourself. I I tried and yeah, I didn't it didn't affect me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was there was no there was no high sense. <laughs> no no that the embellishment right there. So there's an embellishment. Okay. But the, the <laughs> she was really she'd always sniffed saw on Harry's paws. She'd go, <sighs> And then Harry would go, uh, but uh, <laughs> that I re- I wanted to do something with that. Like that was supposed to be actually more like a thirty-minute <clears throat> short film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also got the sense, and you know, <clears throat> we can get into it more. There was a lot of I don't know, a lot of um, sh- like scenery shots, like sunsets and and space, and you get a real sense of almost. Uh, 2001 space odyssey my favorite at certain, movie it's <laughs> <laughs> certain part especially you know when you're going through probably the hardest part of the film to watch is you know uh, Saul's passing at, at that point it really feels like that and what is it was that movie called about the boy do you remember that one like 10 almost 10 years ago um, Boyhood, uh, yeah,
1: that was a, a three and a half hour boyhood, uh,
0: yeah, boyhood, yeah, by, uh, boy. Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, or a Tree so, of Life, also, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, Aaron Garcia, my friend in San Jose, he uh, he's he he <laughs> said that, oh, yeah, that the film had like a Terrence, I think the director was Terrence Mellick, Mellick, um, but he said he got that kind of vibe yeah I don't know I felt like that was inspired a lot by that that type of those types of films where you just sort of let it let it breathe and and take in the emotions of the moment and and the feelings of those you know those really difficult times and and that's where the lighting also really played well in those nighttime scenes and yeah I I thought that was really done well I did definitely have to had to invest a lot of funds for the lighting equipment and figure out, learn it on, a, learn on my own. Very amateur. I'm not saying that it was great, but I, I had to do my own research and how to do the lighting that I wanted. The night shots were very difficult to light the scenes, but yeah, a lot of the scenery, those were, um, some of them were raw footage. Most of them were uh, stock footage, but I had to pick the ones that blended in with the scene, with the film. I, you know, it was really hard to pick the right ones that went well with the overall scene that I wanted. It was inspired by Kubrick. That's interesting that you noticed that. I, yeah, I'm also a fan I will of Kubrick.
1: Say I, I didn't fall asleep. Um, K- Kubrick made me fall asleep. <laughs> uh, Alvarado did not make me but, fall asleep. So that, that's what you got going for you.
0: So it's it like there's a background story. There's a, there's like, it's a contemplative, meditative film as, as well. And it's, there's, I wouldn't say there's a plot necessarily to the film. Uh, I don't know if he picked up on that. It's like, what's what's the story about? Oh, what would I, you say? You know, I felt
1: like it had a plot, or make, at least a theme. Um,
0: there's definitely the, themes. Um, the the meaning of life. Yes, that's one of them. Different areas of philosophical exploration. You know, death, dealing with death, uh, loved ones. Um, it could be obviously in my case, Saul and Harry, but could it be it could be anyone. And how do you deal with that grieving? And then in the face of that, questioning what it all means in the end, because it happened so quickly and unexpectedly, definitely unexpectedly. I mean, I yeah, knew, I, I knew, for Harry, so if you noticed, um, Harry in the very beginning of the film, you see that Harry, you know, it was, he, it was quick, you know, not right. versus with, because that's how it was with me. It was just sudden happened right away. I didn't really have time to spend with <clears> Harry. So that was the toughest because it was completely unexpected seeing Harry in decline rapidly. But with Saul, we both had experienced the loss of Harry, and so the film really focused on me and Saul dealing with the loss of Harry, because that's what it was, what we had experienced. So in the film, I made it more focused on me and Saul than Harry, unfortunately, otherwise, if
1: well, that that I guess that's what I was saying. I, I think uh, the plot was kind of centered around, uh, you know, their passing, and then I think the second half of the movie uh with the theme of of the meaning of life and dealing with with loss um which were are both very profound subjects to people in general you're you're taking on difficult subjects topics you know and i think it 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 did a good job of taking both of those on because he evenly split kind of the the plot versus the the theme i suppose if you Mm -hmm. look at it i mean almost when i'm looking at the time hour and a half hour and a half almost yeah yeah i
0: I like the structure of it because you really you know you have a monologue to sort of set the stage and there's some disturbing images (laughs) during that about you know i don't know what you call it but kind of the gruesome details of aging and and all the pitfalls that go with it that are inevitable so you set that stage and and then it goes into telling the story of of what you went through and what's with Harry, and then of course with Saul. And then you have that middle, like right at the middle, is okay, we, we've held, we've handled life and now death. And now let's reflect on how do we deal with that? Because it's such a short time that you have, and it almost feels like time passes too quickly. Mm-hmm. And so you reflect back on what would, to me was one of the most impactful parts of the movie is reflecting back on. Uh, your childhood Mm -hmm. that dream that you describe um in palisadro and seeing that footage back way back when yeah and just how you can see man can imagine you know thinking back on those times when you were a child i'm sure that hits home with anybody and then you get into okay time passes and you're all kind of going toward this inevitable end but what do you make of it and what happens after that uh, there's no real answer which you get to at the end, but mm-hmm. it's really about what what you think it might be and what it could be. There's so many different possibilities, and so that's the whole second half. and And so I really liked how that was all structured.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, but but the, uh, Solomon and Harry they had good quotes towards the end about uh, what the meaning of life is, and you got to make the most of it, and uh, it's all on you. You gotta determine yourself what what life means to you.
0: Part of the reason why I incorporated various shots of nature, outer space, the universe was we tend to forget that we're on this planet, and that in and of itself is a miracle. And not to lose sight of that, despite all that we're going through, human turmoil and
1: yeah, the, mon- the Earth is a blue dot. If it, when you look at it as pictured from. Maybe it was a Voyager 1 or Voyager 2 that took a picture as it was flying around Saturn. The Sun, I guess, captured a little blue dot way in the distance. Um, I think it kept coming back to that. Yeah, I uh, kept referencing that.
0: In the grand scheme of things, in the infinitely grand scheme of things, we are pretty much uh, living on a tiny blue dot.
1: So none of it matters, right? as no, just a spe- no, speck of no, not,
0: I never said that. It's just it's interesting to put things in perspective because when you lose someone, it means something. It's so powerful. It's it's emotional. It's it's meaningful. It's substantial. And no way am I saying that it's meaningless. It's just how well, vast the, the emotional human landscape is. And then you look at a the bigger picture, you're like, wow, how much more infinite the cosmos is in, in relation to our,
1: well, our human... To um, I think you talked about birth as well, or was it the uh, the philosopher, the Thai philosopher, yeah. talking about birth and death?
0: Tick Nak Han, and he, it's ironic because he passed away that year when I was filming it. And he's one of my yeah, favorite I, Eastern Vietnamese philosophers.
1: And, and it was like it, it was just a metamorphosis, or you're just going through transformations throughout the universe. Um, but I, I think you have a birth, you have a death and it's limited, it's finite, uh, and it's all up to what you do in that time. You only have that amount of time, I guess, in that transition. Well, I mean, you know, again, I guess you could say you exist forever, but you gotta make the most of
0: it. I don't wanna give away parts of the film, but the reason that I did incorporate Eastern philosophies um, such as the theory of reincarnation is because of an experience that occurred to me when Saul passed away, I don't know how to say it without giving it away, you know, but two non-human entities decided to drop by and hang out with me that are not feline cats.
1: But that's, that's, um, and
0: so I started that's wondering, ba- that's
1: true. That's fact, right? That, that, that is a happened. fact
0: that yeah. that is actual fact in the way that it, the sequence of events when Harry passed away and Saul was suffering Emotionally, physically, that that stranger came to visit outside the window.
1: So I got a question about that. Saul was searching for Harry, or Saul was searching for Harold.
0: That's what I don't know. But <laughs> because uh, at
1: the end, you he kind of corrects you, and he Solomon says, "No, I was searching for Harold."
0: Right. He was <laughs> he was searching for Harold. So we can use Harold, and without giving away the.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought that Saul was in search of Harold or uh, Harry. (laughs) And then I started thinking, wait a minute. Maybe he knows that Harry's out there, but it's not Harry, it's Harold.
1: But to eat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To eat? Maybe.
1: That's what I wasn't sure about.
0: (laughs) No, no, that (laughs) was like a joke. But here's an interesting, uh, I know that Saul was desperately looking for Harry because there was this one incident, I don't know if I told you before, where I thought I had lost Saul for good. Uh, This was 10 years ago, many, many years ago. Um, When I came back from uh, grocery shopping, I had accidentally left the front door open, like cracked open. And when I was working on my lecture notes for my philosophy class, I noticed Harry was waiting outside the front door, not going out, but just waiting outside because the door was cracked open and he kept crying. I'm like what are you doing Harry don't go outside and he came up to me like a dog put his front paws on my lap or my, my legs like he was like a dog like crying and then he would run towards <coughs> the uh, back patio window he kept going back and forth crying I'm like oh shoot Saul went outside he's looking for Saul so Harry knew that Saul was missing and he was trying to tell me something like Lassie <laughs> so, so uh, what happened so eventually I found Saul but um,
1: where, where, where was Saul
0: he was out uh, hanging out behind a bush and in the front so
1: he was actually outside he
0: was outside yeah so i i know that Saul and harry you know they look out for one another they're they're buttoes and they know when each other's gone or missing they've been together since i first found them
1: yeah yeah that's uh that makes sense i mean if you're with somebody 24 7 all the time uh yes that's gonna have a deep impact on you
0: yeah no i i didn't think it was like (laughs) a meaningless feeling that you come away like life is meaningless or anything i thought i had a really pragmatic way of looking at life and that you know really trying to make the most out of it um, in the short amount of time that you have and then that you know at the end there's that powerful scene with the bridge but not you know not to get into too much there but you know people can make whatever they want out of that and there's always Different viewpoints and different way, like it presents a lot at you and, and the discourse at the end, especially I, I liked with the uh, the Woody Allen esque Buddha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a that
2: was a, really a Jewish Buddha. <laughs> a Jewish Buddha. You're right. <laughs>
0: What's the deal with that? So yeah, I mean, in the end, you know, I I thought it was. Really good perspective on on different ways to look at life and, and afterlife and, and also enjoying the the time that you have with with those that you love and and it's there's no easy way to deal with with death but that's that's what we all face yeah the inevitable
1: yeah I think it'll work well with the general audience it'll work well with a niche audience cat fan audience or any any,
0: anyone who has a pet a dog anyone
1: that has a pet yeah and it'll but i say general audience because actually everybody's got to deal with death uh, at one point or another in their life so uh it was a good it was therapeutic for for anybody that's ever had to deal with death
0: definitely Um, therapeutic for me
1: (laughs) well yeah do making the film i'm sure
0: I mean, that's uh, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, huh? I was going to ask you about that. Was that a therapeutic experience? Was that one way of uh, coping with their their passing? Did you feel... Like, what did you feel when you finally finished and completed this masterpiece that you've been working <laughs> on for... I don't know how long it took. Uh, like, two years. Almost two years. The writing, process, filming, and then editing. Uh, each... each having their own unique challenges. Um, definitely, you know, it's, it helped me put their loss in perspective. It helped me grow as a person. I'm glad to ha- have done that because now I always remember Saul and Harry with, with happy, positive feelings.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, but I mean, and I get that. It, it makes sense it, uh, since you w- were directing the entire effort, producing the entire effort basically on your own. You know, but it, it shows um, you know you got some experience with with film with making film. Yeah.
0: I definitely and, want to uh, say that it didn't. It wasn't like oh I'm done, and now I moved on and I don't, I'm never gonna think of Saul and Harry. You know that wasn't the whole purpose. It was you know what I mean. It it was definitely yeah. just a way for me to remember them to lo- to show them hopefully that they know that I love them very much and I'll never forget them.
1: Yeah. Well, all I was gonna say is is because you're working through. Uh, You know, closure with with their death and and coming to grips. Uh, Yeah, that that makes sense. You see it follow through with the film. But I'll say it was a very well made film. And I'm not a a renowned critic in Hollywood or anything, but I I, I think so. And Paul talked to it, Paul later talked about it with with the different themes and the setup with the monologue. I even noticed the framing was pretty good like you you had a you made a point to frame like certain pictures in the background centered them perfectly almost so certain little things like that came through uh the soundtrack itself was they're very impactful songs classical jazz the final the the theme song i don't know what the name of it is and i'm not gonna hum it but at the end um (laughs) You got the version where the guy is singing it. Who's who's the guy that sings it? And Albert will know. Louis Armstrong. The, the,
0: yeah, the, Louis very, Armstrong, the way Armstrong. the very end.
1: Yeah, you hear the the lyrical version of it, uh, of him singing.
0: I don't know um, Louis Armstrong.
1: Or was one of it? Maybe it wasn't the main theme. Nat, song, King, uh, Nat, it Nat,
0: Nat King, Nat. Maybe was Nat King. Uh. Yeah. The smile.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you you get to finally hear the lyrics because I never actually listened to the lyrics. You hear that song all the time, so but you, that, you just don't get to hear the lyrics.
0: That song actually is perfect. It, you know, it's funny because I had a yeah. different song at the end. Oh, okay. A, a different song at the end. I was debating between "For All We Know," "We'll Never mm-hmm. Meet Again," which okay. had a somber. I didn't uh-huh. like. I don't. It was. So, and yeah, I had already that would finished. Be more
2: somber.
1: But but that that Nat King Cole song uh was not it's it's not um somber it's it's more upbeat but it's and i i, I can't remember the lyrics right now but it's very uh it, it's kind of about dealing with sadness or something and, and yeah
0: now let me, oh. Maybe you can play it at the end of the show hopefully so. i can Without yeah. <laughs> <That's how> copyrights <laughs> copyright but now uh, that that song was written by another one of my favorite filmmakers he was equivalent to the woody allen where he wrote, directed, filmed, and starred, and did most of the, all his work, <clears throat> like me and Woody Allen do, but Charlie Chaplin. Charlie uh, Chaplin uh, wrote, he wrote music. He wrote his own music that and orchestrated. That smile was one of his well-known uh, songs in an old film, film of his. So I thought, perfect. I, another one of my favorite filmmakers I can incorporate, throw that song in there, but sung by Nat King Cole.
2: Yeah,
1: if only we could release the film with all that copyright.
0: <laughs> I know. I would love to, but we don't live yeah. in that kind of world. We live in a
1: you're not well hungry, connected. capitalistic, gotta- <laughs> money-driven world. you got to get more connected, and then you'll be right on your way to Hollywood.
0: Yeah. But so you can watch it invitation only? Is that how it works? <laughs> invitation only, but I was thinking about just letting it go. Let, uh, take away the password and just maybe... Sharing it with, uh, I would like to create, well, originally I would have liked to have everyone come to Arizona and watch it on the big screen, because I could uh, rent out Tempe Cinemas, I think. We could rent the movie theater for about a couple hours or so, or maybe three hours, and have everyone go watch it on the big screen. Otherwise, I would have to send out a mass email to friends and family and loved ones and send them the link and they can watch it. But that, you know, then. It's a great, it's such a long film and it's a meaningful film, I wouldn't want to, I feel like if you're going to watch, and Woody Allen mentioned this, part of the reason why he's thinking about retiring is because films aren't the same anymore. You you spend so much time making these meaningful films and then they get shown on streaming platforms and you're watching it on your iPad or your your phone and then you take breaks or you're watching in little bits and pieces, you know, you're not, you're no longer immersed, you're no longer forced in a big black room with a big screen and you're just being immersed for three hours of watching a, a film where you forget about the world and all your problems and you just sit and watch and enjoy it, let it wash over you. And it's just not there anymore. We don't, we don't live in that world anymore, film. Martin Scorsese wrote a, a, a piece about that as well, that the film is no longer an art. It's just, um, it's about, uh, what do you call it? Content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> content. They call it content. It's no longer, it's no longer film. The way that we they once knew those big film directors.
1: Yeah, you should have gone the Top Gun Maverick route. That would have drew an audience <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely no Top Gun-like <laughs> moments.
1: <laughs> Is there? There's no action in there. Uh, lots action. of action. There's
2: there's a, lots of action. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd say even like the, you know, the use use of the dolls, cats. Oh yeah. St- really so good. Like uh, animation was, uh, I don't know how you did all that. That's really challenging. Stop but, uh, stop motion, I think it's called. Stop motion yeah. animation. I I was wondering like, how am I gonna make, so I couldn't use Saw and Harry because they had gone into another world for all we know. And I didn't want to just u- use photos. And there was a lot of moments that I wanted to capture that involved movement, so I figured ah, I'm gonna have to do stop motion. Um, and you take a snapshot of an object, or you record it, stop it, move the object, record. it. We used to do that when we were little, didn't we? Yeah, do that with, with the yeah. wizard. With the wizard, yeah. Stop, yeah. shoot, move the object, and it yeah. takes a long time to create yeah. the sequences, and then.
1: Uh very tedious I'm yeah. sure
0: yep um, but, but you I don't know it's um, bot really felt like you you know they're dolls but you connect with them as if they're the real animals they're really hairy and tall so you don't lose any of that mm-hmm. emotional connection with them even though they're dolls but because that animation's done so well and the way you incorporate them into the scenes it it really adds to it where it's the I did that because that would bring them to life so to speak versus just showing you know pictures of Saul and Harry or just still shots of the dolls I had to give them life even though they had already passed away that was the only way I could do it so the audience can connect with them
1: if you are using the real life Saul and Harry they're not are they the easiest actors (laughs) to work with no (laughs) (laughs) um I, I do want to speak to, there's a niche audience, physics audience as well, that it would cater to. So at the beginning, we talk about decay and getting older. Uh, so that's one of the fundamental principles of, of physics is entropy. Yes. Yes. So everything, especially anything biological, is always going to drive towards decaying. And, and the way the universe works is it was, in order to have a living organism ever uh, be created you know you, whether you have a creator or things just happened and then now you all of a sudden have living organisms that is very complex to get something like that versus having something decay that's just the way that the universe works every it's always easier to, everything goes towards decay that's that's the, the theory of entropy entropy
0: and that was one of the puzzling mysteries of life that I was um, experiencing while making the film and just how we exist we're, we're, we have a life and then so it's one thing to ask why are we here? Why, why are we living? What is the purpose? The other question is why do things die? Why do things decay? Why do things have to come to an ultimate end? What, what is there a purpose behind that? And it, it, That for me is fascinating from a not just a biological or physics standpoint, but a philosophical one that I don't think most philosophers even spend time wondering, like, what is the whole telos in Greek, the purpose of death, decay, and destruction. Yep, and everything, yes. every aspect of the universe has to go through that, unfortunately. Well, I, yes, and, and I guess why? my point is, it's,
1: there, there is no reason, right? There is. Well, maybe but, there
0: is, and we just are too finite to comprehend it, that's the thing. We're, we're so cognitively limited. That we just cannot fully grasp and understand the, the complexities of the universe and the purpose of birth and decay. And we're just simple beings on the on the little tiny blue dot. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess
1: the the entropy theory is it's always easier to take something apart than it is to build it back up. I, that's kind of the basic basis of the theory. Uh, and then the other point. I think you talked about the existence of time or, or the ability to, I guess we're all everywhere all at once. Um, I think it goes back to Paul Edo when he talked about that scene where you flash back to when we were kids, that was very impactful for me as well. Um, I guess it's impactful to all of us because it's, it shows us as, <laughs> as babies, yeah. our kids or, um, and it, and it, really hit home for me and i think even paul i'm sure and, and you albert but because um even now that we have kids i saw myself the same age that that i have my my enobot right and it's weird seeing yourself the uh, same age as as noah as your little one there it, it made me think about biology and, and our offspring and why do we have offspring why why does nature allow us to have ho- offspring is to procreate to continue the species right um,
0: mechanical reasons right yeah yeah Just keeping but, life going
1: but i also thought it and I, I talked to alberado about this a while back uh our offspring is kind of like a copy of yourself um generally speaking 50 of of N-O-Bot's genes are mine, 50% are, are Caroline's, my, my wife's. But technically, he is me. Uh, that, that's the way I, I, I now kind of think of it. H- his genes have him being me. So what does that mean? Uh, so Noah is like me, but 40 years later. He's exactly me, 40 years later. That's what I think. So, and saying Paulito, I think you kind of think of it with uh, your little bots. They are you but only you know 30 plus years later in an environment completely different. So what does that mean? From, as a parent, you want the best for your, for your, your offspring because they are you. They, they represent you exactly. And, and from a, a pet's perspective, now while Harry and Saul don't have your genes, they are living with you all the time. They're around you 24-7 or however long you're home. So it goes to that nature versus nurture. So the nature of them, they're trying they're are trying to replicate who you are because their influence is, is you. Primarily, you're their main influence. So they're trying to be copies of you as well. In a way, they're not procreating the species, but they're procreating you. They're having you go forward. Now, cats, obviously, they don't live as long as us, but for, for however long they were here, they were sort of working towards representing a representation of yourself, okay. so I, I kind of thought of things in, in, in that perspective where whether pets or your offspring that you have to think of it they're they're trying to be represent or they are representations of of yourself so you need to value that
0: and, and that intersection of time too <clears throat> seeing things happen at different times and the so you, you can. You can see how they change over time, right? And see it in yourself how you changed over time. Um, and then when you look back at when they were born or when you first had them versus when they passed, all that time that passed, you know, it, can you go back and relive that, um, revisit that, not just in your dreams, but in reality? And, you know, trying to figure out how can you do that? Is that possible? It's probably not. It's not what we know, but it makes you want to do that. It
1: makes you want to go back and, and tell. Yeah, that, that's how right I, I, would, I would see my little self saying, okay, how, how, but things are going to be different. How are you going to change things? You know, but you can't. It's just, a, it's just a video of yourself.
0: Well, one of the philosophical explorations that I wanted to, to deal with in the film was figuring out if that were possible, how would you make that possible? The assumption is that the past and future exist just as the present exists. So little Stephen, little Pauletto, muscle in the past exists. And if there are temporal parts, just like there's a property of us, we have properties, various properties, physical properties, there are temporal properties, as philosophers would call. Past Alberts or past versions, I go into that theory of how we are like a a loaf of bread sliced up into little parts or temporal parts, In theory, we should be able to experience or encounter our past parts and our future parts, assuming there are temporal parts. And I incorporated that with our dreams because some Native Americans, they believe that there is a real dimension that we can coexist with others in the past or the future through dreams. And that would be their equivalent of the afterlife. So, And I did have a lucid dream of, of Saul and Harry. and Actually, the dream was of Saul and Harry hanging out with Muscle and Sock. And I didn't know how I would use that in the film so i changed it a little bit but the and i it's found old footage of muscle and then old footage of us as a felice family going back to the palisidro Lane house pilot, yeah so what you see in the screen you know the the vhs old videotape footage and the film what i was trying to portray was that would be what it would be like to revisit our past selves so what you're seeing are real past. Versions of ourselves in the film. That's what I was trying to encapsulate that Muscle does exist. He, he's there and I'm just revisiting him in my dream. I'm revisiting my old self, my younger self. And so the theory is that perhaps I can visit Saul and Harry in that same dimension, whether I'm dead or alive. That's that's one way of being able to encounter them. Assuming and, and, that theory of time. And
1: Well time is, is, is a figment of our imagination. We maybe. create time.
0: Maybe that's one theory.
2: Yeah,
0: one right. theory. The subjective, yeah. you know, time is just a metaphor. It, it appears to f- seamlessly flow into the future and go away towards the past,
1: or there is no time. It just things right. Right. Just, are there.
0: just are there. So, uh, so thumbs up. <laughs> that's- uh, are we doing a rotten tomatoes? Score yeah, rotten tomatoes. Straightforward thumbs up, thumbs down, Ebert Roper, uh Siskel style. Let's do uh I'm, how about I'm old rotten school.
1: Tomatoes a percentage. I'm old
0: school <laughs> <laughs> I do percentages. Black and white, thumbs up, thumbs down. Alright, i give it
1: two thumbs up.
0: Two thumbs up. Nice. Check it out.
1: I'll oh, I'll give it a a ninety seven percent Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Oh, what's what the three <laughs> percent?
0: What happened? What what part of the film did that three percent represent? Oh, your you, hate hate <laughs> you towards You wanted hundred percent.
1: Ninety seven percent is very. tough Was it
0: to my get. hair, my my co- clothing, my my makeup and design that that you reserved for so It was 3%? the the shot of the old guy's mouth.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that really. Three percent. We lost a few people on that.
0: Uh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, I oh we never this, the title of the film is I love Saul and Harry or how I learned to stop worrying about life. I think to so, love life or something life? about that was no <laughs> that was actually an homage to another Kubrick film, the title of Doctor Love, or How yeah, I Learned to get Life. How to stop an atomic bomb or something? Or, or how, how, was how I learned to love the bomb. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there are little film <laughs> homages there, here and there, but more Woody Allen. Yeah, definitely Woody Allen. Yeah. So Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes. Speaking of being thankful for what you have and appreciating life, that's what that holiday should be all about, not just eating turkey and gorging yourself. <laughs>
1: Where's <laughs> that turkey? Where is, we, he, we is need he hiding? We that, need the turkey. Uh, in the bedroom or yeah. in your living room, Albert? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're already approaching Thanksgiving in a week. So uh let's see here. I think the last time we talked about Thanksgiving involved um
2: masturbate male turkeys.
0: And so, every time. <laughs> every we time talk we talked about <laughs> so I was actually curious I looked up on the internets about turkey inseminators this is going back to the moral philosopher Peter Singer and how the arduous uh, painstaking process that some workers have to go through so I looked up something and I couldn't find anything but then I came across this uh, reddit forum and I was surprised that someone actually posted this on reddit I thought I would read this and here's a quote Uh, Some years ago, my friend Jim Mason decided to see for himself how all the hundreds of millions of sexually disabled turkeys are produced. He saw that Butterball, a large industrial producer of turkeys, was advertising for workers for its artificial insemination crew in Carthage, Montana. No prior experience was required. Jim passed a drug test and was put to work. His first role was to catch the male turkeys by the legs and hold them upside down so that another worker could masturbate them when the semen flowed out sorry hold on. when the semen flowed out the worker used a vacuum pump to collect it in a syringe this was done with one bird after another until the semen diluted with an extender filled the syringe which was then taken to the hen house unquote.
1: should put a disclaimer before you read that but yeah, yeah
0: this just became an explicit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had a
2: masturbate male turkeys. Turkeys, inseminator. To put
1: that out there, and, and what were the comments? Ah, sign me up for that job.
0: No, just sh- telling people it was more just a shock for people. Like, what? This is a real thing. You know, I, I discovered this Peter Singer Lawrence Krauss interview at ASU, and this is <clears> apparently he knew a friend that confirmed it that there he was. That's what he did for a living. I mean, it makes sense. Is they, they have to produce all these turkeys? Yeah. I mean, how else are you gonna do it? It's yeah, it's not a fun job.
1: Well, that that goes to that saying. Uh, nobody wants to know how the sausage is made; they just want to <laughs> eat that sausage. So,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be an ASP stuff radio Thanksgiving episode if we didn't talk about turkey inseminator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are that, we gonna do I, a, I, a game, a trivia okay. game? Uh, we could do a trivia game, but I. Did have a, a this is kind of a game. I thought maybe we could do we could do two games. One a Thanksgiving trivia. Another one I thought of is um, trying to figure out what are essential properties that make Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. What are accidental properties? What are not necessary? So allow me to uh, indulge you guys. So philosophers have traditionally made the distinction between two kinds of properties: accidental and essential properties. But first, what is a property? Well, we can think of properties as features or attributes of an object, or a thing, or a person. They allow us to understand what something is. We, it allows us to describe an object. So, for example, round, red, rough, and bouncy might be the properties of a dodgeball. Now, an accidental property is one that an object has, but it could easily lose that property, even in principle, and still be the thing that it is. For example, I have hair now, but I could easily lose it as I age due to the law of entropy and yet still be the kind of person that I am. So that's an accidental property. They're contingent, they're not essential to what a thing is. An essential property, on the other hand, is one that an object must have such that without it, the object would no longer be the kind of thing that it is. For example, the essential property of a book is its pages. If you were to remove all the pages of a book, it would no longer be a book. If you took away my genetic coding, I'd probably altogether cease to exist as a human being named Albert. An apple pie without apples is not an apple pie. So now we can ask the philosophical question, which properties are essential to Thanksgiving and which are merely accidental properties? Is the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade an accidental property or an essential property of Thanksgiving?
1: it's accidental i think it's accidental didn't didn't they have to postpone it a couple times maybe for the pandemic I they might have still so have it thanksgiving still went on so
0: thanksgiving would still continue to exist without macy's day parade okay how about black friday essential accidental if you did not have black friday would we really have a meaningful thanksgiving we used to <laughs> Before, yeah, that's true. I think I think without it, true. it,
1: becomes more of a Thanksgiving. More of a Thanksgiving.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Is eating a turkey a <laughs> masturbated, inseminated turkey? Okay, forget it. <laughs> Is just eating a turkey on Thanksgiving Day an essential property of Thanksgiving? Essential. O- or, or asked another way, American, America. If, <laughs> if you replace the turkey with a huge slab of hoferky would the family dinner gathering still be appreciating and calling this a Thanksgiving no. feast
1: no can't have that, that. that. that's
0: subjective <laughs> I mean I I think it's accidental but I think most meat eating households would say you gotta have that turkey for it to be Thanksgiving ain't, ain't Thanksgiving Absolutely. without turkey <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. It was that that guy that just spoke just now. There's I voted no for, way Thanksgiving happens.
0: I voted for Trump. We have to have some politics. Uh, There's yeah. no way you cannot we went, introduce
1: politics. Fifty minutes in. Yeah, gotta have that turkey. Gotta sink my teeth. I
0: gotta have. I don't want no damn tofu. What is this tofu? This ain't Thanksgiving <laughs> without no turkey. There
1: will be relatives that will run out of that room. They'll run out of that feast.
0: Okay, so how about giving thanks? If you didn't, if you threw that out the window, this whole giving thanks, would we Mm, have a
1: accidental accidental? (laughs) I'm thinking about that America guy again, and and do you think that that dude really goes around? You know, they spend some time before they eat their that turkey that they've been waiting all day for. Do they go around asking each person what do you give thanks for? Do they really do that? Uh
0: I mean, that's the They whole should, yes, they, they should.
1: should. They should. So you're saying that
0: they? you could still have a meaningful Thanksgiving without needing to give thanks around the well, table.
1: Well, that's subjective too. I, I'm not saying I. I think I would want to give thanks to the things uh, that are most dear to me um, on Thanksgiving. After all, it's in the name.
0: So the question is, what is an essential property to Thanksgiving? such that if you didn't have it, you would not have Thanksgiving. I'm
1: going to pass on this. I'm going to go over to Paul, Paul <laughs> I Yeah,
0: the, the question is, what do you need for it to be Thanksgiving? Um, if you took away the I, turkey, the pumpkin pie, the apple pie, the yams, do like know? do you even need to gather with people? I guess yeah. the original one was all about gathering together and sharing in food and... That being a way to show thanks for what you have,
1: I think the um, gathering is essential. I think that, yeah. But we're we're asking about giving thanks. Right? But
0: you could still do now with technology. You could still, I guess, that's a way to gather, right? Virtually, you could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But but are we asking about the gathering? or Are we asking about the giving thanks?
0: Giving thanks. So okay. Yeah, you you, you should be acknowledging what you're thankful for on that day usually it's food related because everyone's got this big meal planned and so everyone's just thankful for having the food but it's more than just food i think an essential part of thanksgiving is being thankful for what you have in your life that's beyond food or beyond that meal, yeah. Especially.
1: No, I, I would agree. I think you you really do have to kind of take a moment at one point during that day, during Thanksgiving Day, to give thanks, whether it's in a group or in the solitude of in the
0: corner of a room.
1: Yeah, at corner McDonald's. of a room at McDonald's.
0: At McDonald's, okay. Eating a fish <clears throat> fillet of fish, fish fillet, and you could still have your own Thanksgiving.
1: Although. Yeah. I would argue that isolated
0: probably, in a little corner in a room on a farm in idaho
1: yes <laughs> but I, I i would argue that there probably are millions of people that will not do that they'll just scarf down their turkey and
0: and then watch football continue on watch, or watch football, football. And go to yep. and then go shop until you drop your pounds yep we mm-hmm. could yeah, even go more
1: than millions of people we could go even
0: deeper if Squanto did not aid the pilgrims, would we have such a thing as Thanksgiving?
2: Mm, no,
0: probably not.
1: Well, no. I think, don't other countries celebrate Thanksgiving? I believe they have other countries, mm. yeah.
0: There's yeah. probably other versions of it, but not, not the American Thanksgiving. American.
1: But are we asking about the American version, Alvarado?
0: Yes, we're assuming the American okay. version.
1: Yes, yeah, so the American Thanksgiving, yes, would not exist without Squanto.
0: Are those turkey inseminators. <laughs> that is essential.
1: Gotta inseminate.
0: Now let's do some more practical, fun Thanksgiving trivia. Light-hearted. Light-hearted. Yeah. So we're going to go right. around the Thanksgiving table. And... Ask each other questions and see who has the vast supply of knowledge on Thanksgiving facts. How much do you know about Thanksgiving? Anything so and everything related to Thanksgiving. So I'm. I'll, we'll go around ASP. I'll ask my set of five questions about Thanksgiving. You two have to answer the questions one at a time. Or we could do raise your hand, whoever goes first. <clears throat> and the one who gets the most points wins a huge slab of Tofu <laughs> with some vegan gravy sauce. <laughs> mm. All
1: right, can we boycott this because we don't like tofurkey? Or
0: you get to experience uh, what it's like to inseminate turkeys at Turkey Baiters, Inc.
2: <laughs> Turkey
0: inseminator. Right, this is a weird show. Right, who's going first, then? All right. Steve Ocraties? Steve Ocurties, go ahead.
1: All right. So question one, question one, which president of the U.S. first announced Thanksgiving Day as a national holiday? Is it A. George Washington, B. Theodore Roosevelt, C. Abraham Lincoln, or D. Donald J. Trump Sr.? I'm Uh, going
0: Lincoln. An
1: Alvarado, do you have a rebuff?
0: Abraham Lincoln.
1: You guys are correct, but who wins the point is Paul Leto because he was first. That's true. Mm, nah, I don't know. Okay. I'll do like <laughs> a half point. <laughs> we'll half go, point? Okay. Are we writing this down? Are we keeping a record here? Paul Leto. Will I'll, keep write the, I'll write down the, the scores. Okay. So. Okay half point since we both got
0: it now are we alternating questions like we go take turns or are we do we, al- we
1: do you want to just alternate let's just alternate. yeah okay
0: Kay. i'll go next then what this is not multiple choice this is open-ended so <laughs> what do you call the part of the turkey that hangs down from its neck the wattle. Ooh, oh man i got it i was gonna Whole say gullet. Or you know why? Is there is that a <laughs> word, back. gullet? Uh,
1: what, one of my questions is now gone. Interesting. That's called a waddle? Yeah, the waddle.
0: So the purpose of... So here's a, just some interesting facts. The purpose of the waddle. So Peter Singer would probably say it's used to help grip the bird for what we were just talking about. Turkey but, inseminator. Sorry <laughs> to correct him. It's actually... I guess it has some uh, natural... Type of benefits to it. it it gets the bare skin of the neck and the waddle helps uh, get rid of excess heat for the turkey since birds don't sweat you know they have all the feathers so you need like a bare skin section um, it also glows bright red for maximum visual impact when they're courting a turkey hen And is there a human equivalent to that I don't know if there is. <laughs> the atoms to <after> that. <laughs> but and then also, if a predator comes by, I guess the blood escapes the waddle, and it turns it blue, which I guess sparks fear into the predator.
2: Hmm, 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 hmm,
0: hmm. So yeah, yeah, there's a reason for that little blah, blah, blah. waddle. <laughs> is that what helps the gobble
1: noise? Blah, blah, blah.
0: I think it does. I don't know. I
1: don't think <laughs>
0: Now uh, we're, we're a yeah, good job. We've seen turkeys in Palosiego. Remember in the Maynard house? Yeah. Yeah. Not a little got- waddle. Visitors. Yeah. All right, my turn. What are Americans most thankful for? There are three things, according to a 2021 survey.
1: So we have to think of the highest thing that
2: they're the, most thankful the three for three
0: top things that americans are most oh,
1: all thankful three uh,
0: if you can name them all three great if you can name at least one then that's sufficient for a
1: point okay. um family god and health care
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say food money and health all right steve awkwardly has got all of them Oh. Okay. Except God. Uh there was wait, did so you, say I g- didn't get you well, I mean you got all you said family, health, and life. oh wait, no, you didn't say life. Family, health and life. Oh. Well you, what did you say? You said family, health care, so he- health care.
1: Partial credit.
2: <laughs> I'm giving you half a half a point.
1: Half a point. <laughs> well Paul said health, so that's But uh, so you got the can't. most. You got family, okay. health care. Okay. Okay. All right. Back to me. Yep. What was the name of the American tribe who took part in the first Thanksgiving festival? Wapaneog. Dang. Can I read the choices first? Oh but like, A the Wapaneog. B the Cherokee. C the Apache <laughs> or D the Pachonga. So Albert Albert Ronald jumped the gun and he got it. I
0: thought That's I forgot piece. it was a multiple choice. <laughs>
1: But it's all right. You 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 knew. I, I guess you did your research. I think from a while. We,
0: I think that one of our first episodes of Thanksgiving yeah. we
1: talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I did.
0: All right, my my next question is: <clears throat> Do all turkeys gobble? True. What about you, Alvarado? True or false? All turkeys gobble? False. If they have some medical condition. <laughs>
1: Maybe, yeah, I forgot about medical
0: conditions. Not all turkeys are granted perfection by the Lord Almighty. Yeah,
1: can so I it is. my answer?
0: No. The answer is false. Not no. all turkeys gobble, so I, know, I it's another well, what,
1: what else do is, they, is they do? Because, is well, it because it? Well, only what,
0: males gobble. Oh. Uh, Females, <laughs> female turkeys only
1: cackle. <laughs>
0: I'm cackle. sure, again, Peter Singer knows Wait, this. wait,
1: cackle? Is that, is that a technical <laughs> thing?
0: Well, you guys are the turkey inseminator experts. You would know. So that's why, we're. yeah, we're always talking about the male turkey when you hear that gobble sound.
2: Gobble. Okay.
0: Well, they <laughs> obviously, they need to use it to, uh, was it a court, courtship to court the females? The sound, I guess? True. And then it... That's true. There you go, albert Pieced it all together. <laughs> I am. It all adds up. Yeah. Get a write a dissertation on turkey lore. <laughs> <laughs> turkey facts. Alvaro Dolls turn. All right. Um, how many hours does it take to thaw a frozen turkey in the refrigerator?
1: Uh,
2: Forty-eight.
0: Six, six hours. <laughs> The National Grocers Association says you should allow 24 hours for each 4 to 5 pounds of frozen turkey. For each 4 to 5 pounds. So, so you didn't tell us how much this, how this big turkey of weighs. Tur- <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, Google. <laughs> I'm thinking on average the turkey is what, about 12 pounds that we're eating for Thanksgiving. So well, this is 4 to 5 pounds. Closer okay, to so two days. So is that how well, I don't I'm a vegetarian so I don't know. Can you
1: in a bathtub though? Would it out as long it's as it's better. free
0: of pubic hair, then yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so,
2: dirt. we
0: get zero points, or does anyone get credit? Zero points. I'm zero, Zero points. I think I was close uh, you, <laughs> you to you're over. I should, so I guess I should have prefaced the question with the poundage, yeah, of oh, turkey. Okay. So, that doesn't too, count. Too then late, forget it. Too late. Forget all right. Obsolete question, yeah. okay. Steve Ocker.
1: well, I have an obsolete question, too maybe uh well we'll skip I'll, I'll do the next one and maybe alvarado if you want to do an extra one
0: i'll do i'll go next uh, how long was the first thanksgiving how long as in how many days right
1: three days
0: i want to say a good old 24 hours Democracy's
1: <laughs> <laughs> got it what three, three days. days i thought you get this
0: three whole days in november 1621 the the settlers first corn harvest was so bountiful that the governor of plymouth invited the native american allies to enjoy all this food there was so much food they extended the celebration to not just one day but three days i like that if you have leftovers make sure it lasts at least three days so, does that mean we get work off for three days? Is that usually how it no, is? No. no, no. Black Friday is an unofficial holiday. Uh, you don't get it off unless you use your time off. I think that so makes sense. I'm sure sense. government workers do get that day off. No. no. You not. need. So, this they is how it should be. Your first day of <laughs> foraging yourself with troffer. Turkey. Turkey. Second day, you 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 recover from all the food and then you have your desserts and your leftovers and the third day, you do the Black Friday.
1: Actually, I was thinking that. So, what, did the first Thanksgiving have turkey? That would have been a good.
0: Well, that was trick. my next question. Oh. All right. No. What did the Spaniards likely eat at the first Thanksgiving?
1: Cornmeal? Uh, deer? <laughs>
0: Cornmeal? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that makes sense because. Yeah, yeah that's tecas. what I was thinking. Yeah. Based on what they brought over on their ships, it was likely a pork and bean stew, sea biscuits, and red wine.
1: Sea biscuits is close to corn. So
0: no turkey. No turkey. All right, no points
1: for anybody there. Hmm. That was a hard one. All right. Which food is mostly eaten in Korea on Thanksgiving Day? Is it A, turkey... B rice cake C chicken or D big beautiful babies
0: <laughs> Rice cake.
1: Alvarado. Babies.
2: Babies. Little babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna say rice cakes. You guys got it right. Okay. But
1: Paul Edo was
0: uh, evil, evil Losers. You do half point. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get some Biden clips. No, yeah. behind the behind yeah, no way behind. All right, who was the first video game character to appear in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? The video character, Snoopy. video character, oh, video game, Oh, video character. game, oh, that's oh right. Felix Snoopy the cat, Felix the cat, video, okay, <laughs> <laughs> can, can we, can we try? Oh, wait, again? wait, 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 wait! <laughs> video games didn't Mario. exist in 1876. Mario. <laughs> Wait, wait! Repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> who was, who was the first video game character? In the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, when, was was that? Wait, 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 wait. when was the first Thanksgiving parade? What year? Oh, I don't know.
1: Okay. I can't give you the year. Yeah, that's that's illegal.
0: Was it that flying dog thing?
1: No, you gotta have an answer. I don't know.
0: Felix the cat. I
1: said Mario. Eh, 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 eh.
0: Neither of you are right. I don't know what Alvarado was thinking about. but uh, It was not Mario and not Pikachu and it was not Felix the Cat. I don't think he's ever appeared was in a video game. game. Oh. It was <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog in Uh-oh. 1993.
1: That would have been my next guess. I thought there was a the just... Felix
0: the Cat game. Maybe I'm thinking the movie or the cartoons. There
1: probably was. Yeah, it's a cartoon. I don't know about it. Maybe Paul Edo could be wrong. Maybe Felix. I'm sure there's got to be a video game out there made about Felix the cat.
0: All right, I got a question for you guys, sports fanatics. When was the first Thanksgiving football game?
1: Jeez. Multiple choice here. I know. All right. 1876. Not that.
0: 1954. 1985. 1973. Uh, Do seventy-three? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> eighteen seventy-six. Oh man, what? That football
1: wasn't even invented
0: back I sh- then. I sh- on November thirtieth, eighteen seventy-six. Yale defeats Princeton two to one in Hoboken, New Jersey, in the first collegiate. Football game game. played on Thanksgiving. Nearly 1,000 fans attend the game played in cold, rainy weather, as it should be during the fall.
1: (laughs) Very good. Very good. All right. Good researching. All right. right. True, false, or undetermined? In the Revolutionary War, the original Plymouth Rock was cracked during battle.
0: I I want to say true. It was
1: cracked? Uh, Yeah, it's true.
0: You are correct.
1: but alborado was first
0: yes and i just looked it up there is was a felix the cat video game See? that's what
2: i thought <laughs> don't, do not, don't questioning
0: my in knowledge in 1992 for the what well, you've actually played this i could have sworn i played a game oh, with felix it the kind cat. of looks like mario <laughs> I know there's a well Nancy is obsessed with Felix the cat. She loves Felix the cat. This looks like a complete rip off of Mario. Interesting. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Albert
1: gets half point for that. But Sonic appeared before that, right?
0: Well, in 1993 uh, so, that was when Sonic appeared. Okay. okay. But I know they had a Felix the cat float. I just didn't know if that was Okay. Before. Uh, now, your last question is which president was the first one to part in a turkey? Uh, George W. Bush. Kennedy? Hmm. Well, so, it's a little tricky, but according to the White House, it was Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Huh. Provided clemency to a turkey. That was according to a White House reporter dispatch recorded two years after it happened. It didn't really become a real tradition until 1981 with Reagan when they just mm. made it a routine thing with a ceremony. But Kennedy did pardon the turkey um, during his presidency. Half point. So I guess you can get a half point for that. I thought Bush was the guy. He did, but he wasn't the first one. Right? Maybe it was just the memorable Bush doing it. Something George about... Bush, the first George Bush had like a memorable incident, I think, because there were like people protesting, Yeah, the,
1: the turkey being killed. And, so. and stuffing was thrown at him. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the shoe that was oh. thrown at his son. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> did we do all our questions, or? I did five. I think Albert, Alvarado's on his fifth one. This is, this is not a true or false or A, B, or C, multiple choice. How many turkeys are prepared and consumed for Thanksgiving in America each year?
1: <laughs> Any number. I'm... Any
0: number. The closest one will get the point. I'm
1: 150 say, million? I'm
0: one... I was going to say 200 million. Stebocrates is closest. <laughs> According to the National Turkey Federation... Americans eat roughly 45 to 46 million on Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like that's low. Yeah. When was that?
1: Like 200 million Americans.
0: Or well, something? I guess we gotta do take into account households and income. Mm. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's true.
1: I believe. Still, <laughs> still a, a billion-dollar industry. That's
0: still a lot of turkeys.
1: Yeah. So the final score. Let me. Calculate
0: that. Alvarado had three points. Wow, total when you do all the half points. Okay, yeah, I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: might be uh, complicated too. Grim, right. okay, bleak, unsolvable. Actually, four points for Alvarado. William. Oh, four.
0: Well, I got and four. Then, four points. Okay, four for me. Three and a half points for Steve Ocurtis, and I only had one and a half point
1: how the did Al- i Al-
0: win? win i don't even know how i won i don't remember felix like the cat was the uh, bonus okay
1: so that that's what put him over right
0: <laughs> no okay. you're you're well ahead huh okay well good job nice but, Al Ronald knows his thanksgiving oh, well he yeah. did that
1: whole uh documentary or pod podcast documentary <laughs> on, on a few years back
0: way back yeah we, we were well known for our thanksgiving holiday episodes <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to get one in before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's perfect timing to do a show this year, finally. So next year, we plan on doing a show on <laughs> To Be Announced. We'll do a Christmas episode next year. The worst case scenario, if we have to do one next year, will be Christmas. <laughs> or a holiday, special holiday. Yeah. Well, I hope this satiated everyone's uh, anticipation of listening to our latest episode of ASP Stuff Radio. Yeah, we apologize. There wasn't more political controversy. Yeah. Discussed. No
1: apologies needed. Who wants
2: that? Yeah.
0: We have. We get enough of that on a daily basis. Yeah. So, so on that note... On that note... Shoot, I forgot our... <laughs> I forgot our, our outro. line. I forgot our outro. What is our outro? We, we are... are all, yeah. Okay, with all that... With all that delicious, gorgeous... Tofurky turkey (laughs) stuffing Beautiful babies Filled with a whole bunch of Turkey inseminator Babies, little babies This is ASP Stuff Radio We are all stuffed Up With turkey With Turkey (laughs)